What's up, everybody? It's Cynthia Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. And look at that. It is February 2nd, 2022. We're not supposed to date our episodes, but I am dating this one because it is launch day for my book, The Last Relapse is Out. It is available on all major platforms. And oh my gosh, I cannot believe we're here. I'm so excited. Um, Tomorrow's interview, I go in the hot seat and I have somebody interview me to talk about the book, give a little bit behind the scenes action, some more details about it. But today's episode is a little bit of a special one. Um, 10% of my book sales are going to charity. And it's a particular charity that I'm very fond of. I've been supporting them for a long time. And the founder is a friend of mine. We were actually roommates in ministry school. And so I thought it'd be fun to bring him on the podcast today just to share a little bit of background about uh, the organization, you know, what they do, why they do what they do. I mean, these guys run evangelistic soccer tournaments in Muslim villages, and they see incredible things happen. And they're not, they're not just about spreading the gospel, although that is certainly their primary priority, but they also ha- have a bunch of initiatives to really give back and support local churches and the local economy. It's honestly, it's just one of the best models I've ever seen. And uh, to be able to interview my friend here, uh, really could not have asked for more. So um, I know not everybody is maybe super into this, but to me, I just think uh, giving back is about so much more than uh, just giving back time and other resources. I think it's important that uh, for me, you know, my money goes somewhere uh, beyond just my own life and my own business. And, uh, and you know, the Bible to me was really clear about that, that we're, we're to use our resources uh, to look after those who are not as fortunate. So that anyway, that was a huge... Huge reason for why I've set things up this way, and it's why I would love for you to listen to this interview uh, with Jonas so you can understand his story a bit better, understand what his organization is about, and that you would seriously consider giving them a donation as well. And if you don't want to donate directly, then just know when you buy my book, a uh, percentage of that is going to go to them to support their incredible initiative. So without further ado, here's my interview with Jonas Wall. So here's the million-dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose, supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Okay, well, I'm here with uh, with Jonas, and dude, it's nice to see your face. I don't always we talk, but usually it's audio only. We're uh, we're taking a bit of a risk here between Jamaica and Uganda internet. Hopefully, the video holds up. But good to see you, man. Thanks for being here on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Benona. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think we'll just jump right in, man. I've been talking about you a little bit, telling people about uh, you guys and what you do. Um, I think. I think sometimes what happens in the Western world, especially is we're like, oh yeah, that's cool. He supports a charity in Africa. Um, you know, like it's become this very generic, generalized sort of concept. But the reason I, I like what you guys do, it's not just because you're a friend of mine and because uh, we did ministry school together all those years back. Uh, but I think you have something really special. And I, I see regularly in, you know, your newsletter and um, the stuff you post that you guys are really changing people's lives there and you're changing the economy as well. So I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about sort of the mission and the heart of the organization and then we can get into some of the specifics about what you guys do. Okay. Um, first, my name is Jonas. Um, I'm having uh, a wife. She's called Rita. We have two little kids and we stay in Uganda and that's where we work from. 
Um, our ministry is called Nalubale Social Center. Um, Nalubale stands for Lake Victoria, um, but we don't oh. like to call it Lake Victoria because the Queen has left us. Um, <laughs> so it's really in the local language, it's Nalubale. And it's basically called that way because the Lake Victoria connects um, Tanzania, Kenya, and Uganda. And that's basically the main areas where we used to work in before COVID mostly. Okay. Um, so mostly we're in Kenya and Uganda. And at the moment we are setting up a facility for youth and children where they can just gather any religious background or family background, the rich, the poor, um, the youth, the kids um, to really get in touch with them through football. Uh, you guys call it soccer in, in the US and Canada. Um, and we use football as a tool to really get engaged, get into their lives, build a relationship. Um, and then of course, talk about Christ, give our testimony, um, try to impact them in that way. So we do football kids camps um, for the youth and the kids. And as well, we do tournaments in different communities. Um, and as well, we do startups where we support um, guys with a vision, guys with, with a plan, with a steal, um, just with a little um, financial help and some little mentoring um, to reach their goal, to establish their business, to set up their life dream. Um, and then on the side of that, we have a little sponsorship program where we just basically take kids to school from poor families who couldn't afford going to school. So we basically uh, pay their school fees uh, and want to just enable them have good education yeah it's incredible i mean you guys have uh you've really grown um you know i remember when we were roommates in ministry school this was like a dream you know this was an idea and, and you had a heart for uganda but it is really amazing to see um how god has blessed your ministry how you guys have grown and everything that's happened uh since i i i'm wondering if you can talk a little bit specifically about the soccer tournaments uh jonas and i know uh what's really cool is like you are a semi-professional soccer player so this is a cool example of like how god can use your passions and your dreams and other skill sets and integrate it into you know your calling and your purposes down the road um can you just share a little bit about in a typical weekend um or week or however it takes place what is what do these soccer tournaments look like because they really do um they they kind of intertwine uh, you know, social entrepreneurship, obviously the, the fun of playing a sport, and then evangelism as well. And I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about what that typically looks like. Yeah, that, that's the word, Sophia, typically. There, there is no typically here. <laughs> uh, we say this is Africa. It's, nothing can be planned as you would plan it uh, somewhere else. Um, so typically it's a bit hard for me to tell, but normally we have one week preparation where we go into the community uh, meet the local leaders, meet some young guys, set up the tournament as in plan it. And then the next week, uh, that would be like Monday to Sunday, Monday to Saturday, would have the actual football tournament. Um, and yeah, it depends. Uh, we go into Muslim areas where we have 90% Muslims. We go into areas where it's 50-50, 50 Christian, 50 Muslims. At times when places, they're all Catholics. Um, so. They're all so, so different, and any place you go is just different. Hmm. Um, so setting up can be, you even have to set up the goalposts because they don't have goalposts. Um, you have to get in the referees, uh, so there's a lot of organizing on that. And then once the tournament hits ground, uh, we really start. and Then we just basically use like a half-time break to share our testimony, uh, share some stories, um, have some inspirational talks. Um, have some just yeah like kind of counseling in a story for the youth 
and we really used every half-time break, every, every in-between break of the games, uh, and just share. And so we slowly build up, and then at the end, really, we tell people, you know what, we have been here with you, we have built relationship, um, we have told you about Christ and what he did in our lives, how about you? So we want to lead the young people to a decision. And then in the best case, if possible, in a Muslim area, it's not possible that in that way, we work with a church on the ground, so these young people then are going to be connected to that church or actually several churches, depending how many are on the ground, um, so yeah. that the discipleship goes on with the local church. That's amazing. In the area. That is really cool. And I, I think what's what's really neat about what you guys do and the way you've structured it is um, it all it all feeds back into the local community. Like you're working with the local churches, like you said. And then I wonder if you can talk a little bit about um, how teams participate in these tournaments as well, because there's a there's sort of an economic component that you guys are fostering through these tournaments. Also, how does that part work? Uh, yeah, that part uh, is, is very interesting. I'm, I'm just from a tournament before Christmas, and and uh, we had actually before the tournament started uh, already a guy. He does like a kind of a local pancake. It's a salty pancake. Um, so before we came to the ground, he was already ready there making pancakes. So he made lots of money on that tournament because the whole day we are playing like from 10 in the morning till 5, 6 in the evening. And of course, these players are hungry. So they're all buying that. Uh, it's called a chapati. So they're all buying the chapati and the guy makes good money. Wow. So we have that component where people sell fruits, uh, sell local pancake. Um, some people sell ice cream, uh, drinks like, like Coca-Cola and, and whatnot. And then also we ask every team to bring in a business idea. We say, you know, guys, there's football, yes, um, there's faith, but also want to kind of give you a boost in your daily life, in your business, in your, um, yeah, how you, how you daily survive. So them as a team, they have to come up with a business idea, give us a little budget and give us an explanation. How are they going to make it work and what is their fair share of, of, of working in it? So we want to see a lot of self Drivenness. We want to see a lot of participation from the team. So even though your football team loses in the tournament and gets nothing, you still have the chance to win the the startup and get that that money to build up your own business. And that can be a chicken farm, that can be piggery, that can be um, making bricks out of clay. Um, yeah, all all kinds of ideas. So that's yeah, amazing. It's quite so, interesting. So we I really try to to have all components. Okay. Okay. Got it. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I know the connection is a little bit funny, um, but I, I, I guess so they can win the soccer tournament, but is it the winning team that gets the startup or how does, how do they, how do they win the startup capital? How does that part work? And the startup capital, we sit together as the organizers with, with one or two local leaders and, and look at the startups and say, you know what, this one makes sense. Okay. Uh, this one, the budget is, is maybe overblown. This one, the budget can't work. Um, and then we also ask the local leader, do you know these young guys? Do you think they are capable of doing this? Um, so mostly it's actually not the football team that wins the tournament that also gets the startups, although that could happen if their startup idea is great. And they're also great at football. Yes, they can, they can take it all. Um, but mostly it's actually not. It's actually a, a, a team that maybe has not won, has not been the champion. Um, but their startup was the best, so it's really um, it's separated from the sports kind of. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, one of the issues that that we see with short-term missions here, like in North America, where it's very common to go to Africa for a couple of weeks, is that you, you know, you build some houses or or you do some street evangelism or whatever, but the the long-term effects aren't there as much. And I think you guys are creating avenues where people can um, they can support you guys and and maybe even participate in what you're doing if they want to come down and be really confident that the work they're doing is actually impacting the local church and it's impacting the local economy. And of course, it's still evangelistic in nature. And for me, that's why I've been a supporter of it for all these years. And it's why I'm really excited that some of the proceeds from the book are going to go towards you guys as well. Um, is there anything else you'd like people to know, uh, Jonas, about, um, I don't know, Uganda or specifically about what you guys are doing that you think might be useful? Um, I think... If you want to find out more, just go on the website. That's uh, Um There you can see some more pictures, uh, read a bit more about the project in, in detail. Um, but really just want to say thank you in advance for supporting us. Um, whoever is, is, is seeing this or reading in the book about us, uh, we just want to say a, a big thank you. And of course, people are always welcome to visit, um, see what's happening on the ground. Um, yeah, but I think uh, that's, that's it from my side. That's really cool. I, I actually just thought of one more thing I want to ask you really quick. Can you give us an example of, um, of a startup that, that's come out of one of these tournaments, something they've done? And, um, you know, I, I think we all understand, like, not every startup works. That's true in North America. It's true in Africa. Uh, but have you had any that, that have been able to, you know, uh, you know get the revenue going and, and actually develop a sustainable business? Yeah, um, I'll share about two. We had uh, one group, I think that was around four years ago. Um, they started a chicken business. So they had like uh, around 50 to 60 chickens. Um, got them when they were babies and then grew them up to be big chicken. And then uh, right before Christmas, where the, the market is very um, busy, they could sell all their chicken. And then uh, the young man said, okay, now we had the chicken. And it was quite a lot of work, but it was worth it. We made good profit. And then they said, we as a team, we want to now go into bigger animals. And they started buying a cow uh, and went on now into the cow um, raising. or I, I don't know what you call it, but <laughs> now they went into the cow business. Um, that was quite uh, interesting to see how, how their vision has developed and how they went forward. Um, and of course, there's much more money in cows than in chicken. Um, right. So that's a that's a success story, and another one which was really great. We just did that in COVID. It wasn't part of a football tournament, um, but it was a young man who really had a lot of hard work and zeal for the for his business. So we supported him with a bakery, um, bought him the oven to to bake the mixer, and and paid three months for the rent of the shop. And I've just talked to him uh, two weeks ago, and he was now telling me he has um, moved to a bigger shop. He actually left the old shop that he was renting, and now he's in a bigger shop. And he used to employ three to four people. And now he wants to grow from the three to four people that are employed. He wants to employ a few more as he has more space in the new in the new facility. Wow. Um, so I've observed him a bit more closely because the investment was quite high. Um, and we've really seen in the two years that he has worked, he has really, really made it uh, well. And his business is really up and running. And he's just finishing university in Feb. And after that, he, he has his bakery and he's going to, to do that full time now. Wow, that's amazing. So you, did you say that you guys actually track the investments? Like you don't just give them the money and kind of dust your hands off? You're actually monitoring what happens after? Yeah, we, 
Yeah, of course, some areas when we when we work in a very far away area, like at times I, I work like 10 hours from home, uh, it's very hard to stay in touch because on phone you can't see, you can't, you know, interact in a way that when you're on ground. Um, but like that, that investment of the bakery was just like one hour from home. So we kept mentoring him, we kept checking on him. And even now we, we pass by once in a while just to see uh, what's happening. Uh, actually, we buy his products. We're buying his cakes. We're buying his uh, oh, wow. His 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 uh, friends and all that stuff, yeah. That is so cool, man. That's really cool. And uh, you guys are also like you're doing some building yourselves. You're building a pretty big facility, soccer fields. Um, can you just maybe uh, lastly just talk a little bit about that? Because um, I know you're you're gathering lots of donations for it. It's a huge undertaking. It's been really cool to see the the project develop so far. You know, you guys do a great job of keeping updates uh, for your mailing list. But just tell us a little bit about what you guys are up to and, and what that's going to look like when it's all said and done. Yeah, we're working on our own facility to host the kids and the youth for, for, for camps. Um, so at the moment, we have finished uh, the football field. Uh, we have almost finished the basketball court. Uh, we want to build another kind of um, smaller football field. And we, we did a borehole, so we have our own water supply on the whole eight acres. Um, and we have then the foundation. So we have a foundation of a dormitory where all the kids are going to sleep. Uh, we have a foundation of the, the, the washroom facilities, um, toilets, showers, um, dressing rooms. And then we're going to have a big multi-purpose hall where we can give the kids uh, food, um, but also have a hall for like worship nights, for meetings, for devotions, for, for game nights, uh, movie night, all, all that stuff. So actually I'm now on a break Till, till 1st of March, but then from March on, we're going to now start on those foundations we've already built and I'm going to raise some of those buildings according to the money that comes in. Uh, we'll, we'll work on them step by step. So really the aim is to reach the, the, the kids in the community, but also kids from, from the capital city, which is just like 25 kilometers from us, um, mm. and let them come over for a camp. And my, my desire is always give them a lifetime experience. So many kids yeah. are here in boarding schools. They are sent away for three months. Um, then some of them, they stay with an uncle or with a grandma. They don't have parents or they have no relationship with the parents because they're busy working. Um, so we just want to give them that one lifetime experience where they feel like love, they feel cared for, they feel like someone showed interest, someone impacted them in, in, in sports, but also in faith. Um, so I did participate in kids camp when I was a child and it really had a lasting memory on me. So that's the lasting memory I want to give other kids. As well. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Uh, it's, it's incredible what you guys are doing. I'm so glad uh, just to see the way God's been developing it and growing it. My final question is, do you ever play in the soccer tournaments yourself? It must be tempting. No, I, I'm not allowed, you know, when, when you're the <laughs> organizer, let, let's say I would play and we win, then everybody would say, ah, the guy who made the tournament won it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm quite busy, actually. Like when the tournament is up and running, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, like uh, sound system stuff, organizing for the referees, um, organizing yeah. speeches, testimonies. So actually, I'm quite busy when the tournament is running. So uh, playing and organizing, that would be possible. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, fair enough, I had to ask, but, uh, but dude, thanks for all you're doing, uh, really uh, just proud of you, man, proud of everything that's going on, and, uh, and appreciate you sharing on the podcast today, this was really nice. 
thanks a lot for for having us and thanks for the good work you guys are doing uh i just printed a book today uh the the copy uh, that you sent me so i'm ahead of all of you guys don't get uh. jealous <laughs> so i hope now in the holy day i have a chance at least to to read a few pages and i'm really excited for the work of deep clean and how you guys have impacted uh so many guys around us because i feel it's a topic that is um yeah and going forward with it yeah thanks man really appreciate it bro we'll talk soon okay thank you well, there you go, guys. That was my interview with Jonas Wall. Uh, it's actually Jonas Walliser, but I just call him Jonas Wall. Um, anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that gave you some insight into really what I think is one of the coolest models I've ever heard of for a missions organization. Uh, there is a link in the show notes for you to find out more about them. And like I said, there's really two ways you can support. Uh, you can go on their website and make a donation directly. You can sign up for their mailing list, find out a little bit more about what they're doing. Um, he's very, very good at putting it together. Uh, I think it's a monthly newsletter. Just to give some updates, there's always pictures and stuff. Uh, one of the highlights for sure of my inbox, my personal inbox especially. Uh, but you can also order the last relapse and a percentage of the money we make on that does go to them. Uh, it's 10%. And so uh, one way or another, I really hope that you'll support them. Uh, man, this is like probably the best thing I could have done for my book launch day. I'm beyond excited. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Have an amazing day and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.